My name's Will DeFreeze, and this is the Sunday Scaries Podcast, your cure for the Sunday blues. Have you ever had a problem with your teeth that you've always wanted to fix? I have an option that can help, and you won't need to go through the hassle of long-term treatment or wire braces. It's a new company called Candid. They're helping people gain confidence through accessible and affordable orthodontic care. Getting straight teeth just became much, much easier. In an average of six months, you can get straighter and whiter teeth for 65% less than braces. With no office visits, you get white glove customer service. They'll even walk you through the modeling process with an orthodontist. They make clear aligners that are sent directly to you and customized to straighten your teeth. First, you get the modeling kit to take the impressions. Then you send in some photos of your teeth. And then the best part, Candid will save you thousands for what you'd regularly get with other companies. You're one step away from getting straighter teeth. Take advantage of Candid's risk-free modeling kit guarantee. Plus, when you use my dedicated link, candidco.com scaries, you'll save 25% on your modeling kit. That's candidco.com scaries and get 25% off your modeling kit. Again, candidco.com slash scaries. Check it out. And yes, I've put that link in the description of this episode. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about Huga, a Norwegian television phenomenon, and working from home. It was New Year's Day and we had just woken up from a long night out in New Orleans. I won't say it was unseasonably cold because it was January 1st, but for New Orleans, it was pretty cold. We didn't necessarily want to do anything overwhelming that day, so as a group, we sought out the comforts of a bar we really knew nothing about. It was called Lafitte's Blacksmith Shop, and it's a tiny bar on a quiet part of Bourbon Street. After we filed in and took off our jackets, we nuzzled into a corner of the bar and ordered a round of drinks. With candles being the only light provided in the entire place that day, it felt as though we were more in a European ski lodge than we were in Louisiana. We ended up staying there for about four hours, or as I look at it, three hours longer than we had originally intended to be there. When I look back at how we got so trapped there, it wasn't due to the laziness or indecision of the group, but because we simply felt cozy and entranced by what I later learned was the Scandinavian mindset of Huga. Spelled H-Y-G-G-E, it took over the internet in early 2017 and kind of late 2016. Admittedly, I thought it was pronounced HIG for the better part of a year. You can pretty much bet that if something involves cozy blankets, warm drinks, and comfort foods, I'm pretty much in. Rather than me explaining to you exactly what it is, I'm going to let the author of The Little Book of Huga describe it for you. Huga is being consciously cozy but it has also been described as uh, the art of creating a nice atmosphere. It's been called uh, the pursuit of everyday happiness. It's also been called socializing for introverts. Okay. But it's about being together with the people you love. It's about relaxation. It's about indulgence. It's about good food. It's about gratitude. It's about equality. All those things mixed together is Hugo. Really, it's inherently Scandinavian, which, again, I'm all the way in on. I'm not sure if it's because I've always valued the idea of a mountainside apres ski beer or if it's just because I'm jealous of all their blonde hair and incredible design, 
but there's always been something alluring to me about Scandinavian life. And perhaps it's this concept, Huga, all along. The author of the book goes on to explain that it's not just another trend like matcha or keto, but it's in their DNA. It's how they live. Think of dark restaurants or dens. Think of warm, boozy drinks with sweets being dipped into them. Think of cozy socks on your feet covered by cozier blankets surrounded by softly lit candles. That's Huga. It originally started in the 1800s, but it never really caught on in England and the United States until 2016 and 2017, when, of course, Pinterest activity surrounding the word increased by 285%. At its roots, it's similar to what this very podcast has dubbed the panic room, or coping mechanisms, which makes complete and total sense. When I originally began trying to cure my own Sunday scaries, I had a fairly simple method. Dim lighting, comfortable clothes, quiet, soothing sounds, and a healthy dose of comfort. Each and every aspect of our weekly panic rooms can relate, on some level, to Huga. The most important part of all of it is the candles, which Denmark uses more of than any other country. 13 pounds of candle wax a year per capita, in fact. From there, it's all about the fireplace, that flickering of the flame, the hum of the rolling fire, and the smoky smell that gets left behind. While Scandinavian countries have more of a need for a fireplace than most places stateside, there's an undeniably relaxing atmosphere when someone really gets a fire going. And then there's those throw blankets I mentioned, or pretty much anything that's chunky and knitted, really. It's the hug that shields you from the rest of the world. The same concept as weighted blankets, which we've discussed before. You create your own little cozy nest that shields you from the realities of the real world. And the final element is the food and drink. It's what we'd call comfort food. Pastries, pasta, meatballs, chicken pot pie, desserts. Anything that you shouldn't be eating, but that you simply want to eat when health is the last thing on your mind. While Huga may prove to be just another American internet trend that gets replaced by an overpriced coffee drink down the line, I'd like to think of it as something that I actually want to incorporate into my daily, or at the very least weekly, routine. Because no matter how bad it may be for my health, I know it's pretty darn good for my mind. And on Sunday, that's all that really matters. I was laying in bed with no ambition to really watch anything. It was one of those nights when reruns didn't really do much for me. I didn't feel like combing through the troves of new releases. And the idea of starting yet another show just felt like an uphill battle. As one does when they find themselves in this predicament, I took to Netflix and just began mindlessly scrolling, something I'd probably do a little too much. I'm not sure how I stumbled on it, but I saw something that was just a little different than your typical stand-up specials or terrible made-for-Netflix movies. It was called Slow TV, a train ride from Bergen to Oslo, and it was seven hours long quite possibly the longest single program I've ever seen on Netflix. CBS described slow TV as, quote, television's version of taking a deep breath, a very slow, very long deep breath. The New Yorker says, slow TV is slow compared only with normal broadcast timetables. It runs not at the warp speed of a narrative drama, but at the rate of an actual experience. It is not scripted or heavily edited, it is more concerned with movement than with tension 
contrast, or character. And they're not wrong. This particular episode, the first of its kind, is just about as slow as it gets. Almost as though you're actually riding along on this train in Norway. There's a camera fixed to the front of it that simply captures the scenery on the seven-hour train ride. The forests, the frozen lakes, the snow-covered terrain, it all adds up to this intoxicatingly and intentionally slow burn that leaves you feeling relaxed and somewhat sedated. The creators of Slow TV even admit that, yes, it can get a bit boring, but intentionally so. They work with Norwegian public broadcasting, which means that these marathon television programs don't even have commercials. Just hours upon hours of footage with the sole intent of allowing you to zone out a little bit. The original program, that Bergen train ride, spawned an entire series of new episodes that came out and somewhat revolutionized Norwegian television as they know it. Currently on Netflix, there's a wide array of slow TV shows at your disposal. There's a six-hour burning fireplace that could help you aid your Huga efforts if you're living in an apartment. There's an eight-hour and 39-minute episode called National Knitting Night, which, you guessed it, is just people knitting and uncut shots of sheep. My current favorite is the seven-hour, 23-minute episode titled Salmon Fishing, which features old men fly fishing on the opening day of the season. There's even a series about firewood. National Firewood Morning, National Firewood Evening, and, yep, National Firewood Night. It ranges from two hours to six hours in length. The longest, and quite possibly the most ridiculous, episode is a cruise that went along the Norwegian coast. While you can't currently find this on Netflix, it was aired live in Norway as it happened. While the normal length of these shows should be somewhere in the realm of five and a half hours, this one lasted five and a half days. 134 hours broadcasted completely live. If this sounds boring to you, well, you're not alone. But at its peak, the Norwegian cruise episode captured the attention of half of their entire population. While I don't necessarily implore you to sit down and soak in all seven hours of a train ride across Norway, it's not the worst programming to toss on when your brain doesn't know what it wants. Sometimes it feels good to slow down a bit, especially during the colder months. And if that means becoming a fly fisherman in Norway or a train conductor en route to Oslo, so be it. Sometimes it's fun to pretend. As I sit here writing, my dog is next to me on the couch despite how I told myself that I'd never let her sit on our couch. On television is the best English Premier League goals from the 2016 season. I DVR'd it a while ago for times like these. I have a cup of coffee in front of me that's getting colder by the minute, and I'm wearing joggers with an oversized cotton t-shirt. While yes, it does feel like your typical Sunday, it's not Sunday at all. It's Thursday. See, in addition to everything in front of me, I also have my email up. Slack is open. My calendar is staring me in the face. And I'll be sitting here until 5 o'clock, maybe 6. Because, well, I'm working from home. I like to work from home at least one day a week. Deep down, I feel like people probably talk about me behind my back when I'm here. If someone asks where I am, they say that I'm, quote, working from home in air quotes to insinuate that I'm not actually working from home. And I don't know, maybe that's fair. Working from home is a gift and a curse. 
On one side, it's nice to work with intent and not distraction. You control every element of your day rather than getting derailed by the minutia of the office. And yeah, that whole getting to wear sweatpants thing, it doesn't really hurt either. But on the other side, there are actually bad parts. The perception with all your coworkers that you're not actually doing anything because you're not physically in an office. The boredom that sets in when you like to talk to someone but no one's in your apartment. The Sunday scaries-esque feeling knowing that you have to go back to work the next day. I think that deep down, if you ask someone if they'd rather work from home rather than in an office for the rest of their life, they'd probably be okay with it. But I'm not certain that's the right choice. Now more than ever, people tout working remotely. Whether they're sitting on their couch like me, or they're working from the back of their van parked on a cliff near Big Sur, there's never been an easier time to avoid going to a generic, boring office every day. And while I'm sure there's a slew of benefits, both personal and professional, to working outside the traditional office landscape, I still think there's something to be said about being present. That face-to-face interaction you can't get when you have headphones on at a coffee shop, or when you pace around your home office all day while Judge Judy plays in the background. I know that I can work from home most days, but sometimes you just feel more productive when you don't. I guess I'm lucky. I have the best of both worlds. An office that I don't dread going to, and enough flexibility at work to stay home and put my nose to the grindstone without anyone really minding. It's proven that two-thirds of managers actually think their remote employees are more productive out of the office than in the office. But from the employee's standpoint, there's still the slog of maintaining your motivation while being surrounded by everything you normally associate with leisure. The couch, the blankets, the television. Without distraction, you accomplish tasks that a faster clip only be left with free time that you'd normally otherwise spend talking to coworkers or commuting back and forth. It feels like you should be doing more. And hell, maybe that's why you do do more. Productive? Sure. A nice way to break up your week? Absolutely. But do I really want my home to become my full-time place of work? Well, the jury's still out on that one. Sixty-six percent of men begin to lose their hair by the age of 35. Yes, that's two-thirds of you. And the scary part is, is that by the time you notice, it's too late. It's far easier to keep the hair you have than it is to replace the hair you've lost, which is why Hims is here to help. 4hims.com is your one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. What you get in return is well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions that will help you keep your hair. All you have to do is take a few quick photos of your scalp, answer a couple questions, and you're on your way. No waiting rooms, no awkward doctor visits, no losing your hair over, well, losing your hair. It even gets shipped right to your front door. Order now. My listeners get a trial month of hymns for just $5 today, right now, while supplies last. See website for full details. This could cost you hundreds if you went to a doctor or pharmacy. Go to forhims.com slash scaries. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash scaries. Forhims.com slash scaries. Go check it out. 
If you liked what you heard today, make sure to subscribe, review, or tell a hungover friend in need about this podcast. By subscribing, you guarantee that each and every episode gets delivered directly to your phone every Sunday morning. You can also follow along on Twitter, which is at Sundayscaries, and Instagram, which is at Sunday.scaries. Or you can follow me both on Twitter and Instagram at WillDefreeze. And remember, always trim the wicks on your scented candles. See you next Sunday.